This is CryptoCore Radio, discussing the ideas, people, and projects building the new digital economy. Get the latest on blockchain technology and cryptocurrency updates with your host, Lutz. Hello and welcome to Crypto Radio. This is Lutz coming to you live with a project uh, from the African nation. Uh, we have, you know, we've been seeing a lot of work going on down there, a lot of projects stemming from Africa. And, uh, you know, with, you know, with, with good, good reason, you know, there's, there's a lot of help that's needed down there. And, uh, you know, we have this, uh, this new project, uh, the ICO, I believe has started and uh, it's called the Moya. M-O-Y-A. Uh, Moya aims to bring internet to the all to all of Africa uh, in, I believe, a cheaper fashion. But uh, let's uh, le- let's get the the CEO of this project to tell us more about it because you know I'm still a little uh, not not up to date as to what it's about. Just like you guys out there. All right, guys. Uh, so welcome, Carrie. Carrie from the Moya project. Welcome, sir. Yes. How are you? All right. Hey, where are you? Are you in Africa right now? Yeah, Lutz, I'm based in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. Do you do you guys have like lions in your backyard, like tigers? I haven't seen any in quite a while. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean when when you go get your newspaper at the mailbox, do you gotta like look around before you know, just in case there's like a tiger around? No, no, no. The, we 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 haven't seen any in quite quite some time. We did have some escape from uh, Kruger National Park, which is about uh, 500 kilometers from Johannesburg, but uh, no, we've got no lions here. Ah oh, man, just I would love to live down there if there were. You know, I would tame it. You know, make it my pet. Have it well, fetch me. To move and uh, you can move near the park and go and visit them every day. Have it fetch me a beer. Like my tiger will get us a couple of beers. Relax. <laughs> Uh, that would be interesting to see. Send me the pictures. It would be like the Jungle Book. Yeah. <laughs> my kids, my kids could like ride the tigers. You know. You know what? When other people's other people, other parents go, my my child rode a horse. I mean, big big deal. My my child rides tigers all the time. Now you you should really come uh, come and visit. I think you'd enjoy. Uh, particularly Kruger National Park. That that's got no tigers, but it's got uh, everything else. The Big Five. We we don't have any tigers in in Africa, except in the zoos. But uh, it's really tremendous when you go to uh, Kruger. You see everything: giraffe, lions, rhino, elephants, just about everything. And you can you can be in that park for days and not get bored. Cool, but you know, I, I don't like I don't like captivating animals. I rather them run free. You know, that's how that's how we get our exercise. We got to run away from them. So, so what what is your project about, man? Well, you know, Africa is uh, developing rapidly. It, it has uh, some of the fastest growing economies in the world, and what it really needs uh, to continue that development is better, faster, cheaper access to internet. And uh, Lutz, as you know, uh, most of the world's internet traffic travels on submarine cables between the continents. So between you and New York and me here in Johannesburg, we're talking over the internet right now. 
Um, unfortunately, the penetration of internet is not very deep in Africa. You can, if you happen to live in Johannesburg, it's not too bad. That's what but she once said. You start getting out, uh, and then when you get to smaller countries like uh, Botswana or Swaziland, or, or uh, you know, even in West Africa, when you have uh, countries like Liberia, the internet is very, very poor. So what All right. we're doing is that we want to work with. Uh, an existing uh, submarine cable operator to tap into their investment and their resources and 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 to bring uh, th that uh, greater bandwidth and distribute it in different points in the continent, starting in Southern Africa. Now, now let, let me stop you right there. What what kind of internet do you currently have in Africa? Like, wh what's the problem with what's already existing? Well, it depends on where you are. I mean, I happen to be very fortunate, and I do have a fiber connection that, that's fairly stable and fairly fast. But I, I'm really in the minority on that. The vast majority of people are uh, who are in the rural areas um, will get their internet through their mobile device. But that mobile device, uh, you know, the mobile companies in turn uh, will get satellite, which is very slow. Or if they happen to get a fiber connection, which they can share with their mobile operators, you know, by sharing, uh, you know, that, that connection, it's very slow, a lot of latency. Um, and most importantly, it's, it's just too expensive. So, uh, how much, how much is Johannesburg, Durban, how much uh, is expensive over there? Have good internet connection, but once you start getting deeper in it, it's pretty bad. So are, are there areas that don't have a connection at all? Oh, yes. <laughs> in fact, the majority of the, Majority of the continent does not have uh, any connection at all. Uh, even though mobile, uh, the mobile operators are doing a pretty good job um, in in getting some limited uh, internet. So for Facebook and uh, Twitter, are extremely popular in the continent. Um, those the the way it's distributed though, it's fairly low uh, low capacity. So they don't get to enjoy some of the really cool things that are coming out um, on Facebook and and Twitter. Just a limited application. Okay. Right, bandwidth issues. So, uh, these these backbones underneath the sea, right? These submarine cable fiber thingies, right? Uh, like, what what allows you to work with them? Because over here, it's a monopoly. Over here, you need government permission to do any type of work. You need to get the contracts. You know, you need to apply uh, for permits. There's all sorts of craziness that goes on here when you want to touch any of that type of work if if you get that luxury because there's only three companies or four companies that are allowed to touch those things uh there's a monopoly on it over here what what allows you to do that over there well uh we're not a monopoly but uh we we have gotten the, the licenses and uh, we've got the good relationships with the companies uh in africa and uh also some international companies that that uh own uh one specific cable, um, the ACE cable coming from France to South Africa, but also the WAX cable. Now, I wouldn't say they're quite a monopoly. I would say that uh, there, there are six to 18 large international companies, uh, some of them African, um, that own the capacity. But those companies tend to be owned by governments. And when they get the capacity, uh, they're not, it's not really distributed. So the people on, in Moya have been involved in the submarine business. We used to work for some of those, quote unquote, monopoly companies. So we, we, we know the business. We know the people. 
So what we've done is using that knowledge is, is, is put together some contracts to get access to the capacity. And our, our secret sauce, if you will, will be our ability to distribute that capacity deep uh, into the continent. And how do you plan to achieve, achieve this? Like, are, are you actually going to get the machines and start drilling? No, we're not. Um, the, the ACE cable, as an example, um, has been in existence for four and a half years. It's, uh, it's currently been extended from halfway down the west coast of Africa into South Africa, uh, and then for further distribution into Southern Africa. So um, this is a very expensive business, which is really what the, the issue is. Um, you need large companies who have quite a bit of cash um, who can hire a company to lay the cable on the ocean floor from one continent to another. Um, we who are pays? in a position to do that ourselves, and we don't need to be. So what we've done is, uh, you know, we've contracted with uh, the ocean uh, submarine cable operators, but also we've also contracted with companies that have fiber on the land. Because it's one thing to bring capacity from Europe to the tip of Africa, but uh, you need to get that capacity inland. When you land on the Western Cape of South Africa, you need to go another 1,800 kilometers to get it to Johannesburg. Uh, for people just tuning in, uh, just a little inter interruption, uh, everybody, I just want to re-announce again. And uh, we are here with Moya Networks. Moya, uh, we have Carrie, the CEO of Moya, coming to us from deep in the in the midst of Africa he's in the he's got lions in his backyard and tigers and uh you know when he gets the newspaper in the morning he's got to you know he's got to look around and he's got to make a run for it just to just to get his newspaper but it that's really cool cuz that's how he gets his exercise yeah, thank you, Lutz. How are you? I, I, I was telling you before, before we went live, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen the lions in a couple of years. They're many, many kilometers away from where I am. I'm planning on bringing all of Africa uh, internet access, uh, separate from the ones that are already existing because they're not very good, right? Uh, there's these submarine cables uh, under the ocean that one specifically is connected to France, correct? Yes, uh, basically Europe. Uh, there are a couple of landings in uh, in Europe, but the idea is that uh, they they bring the internet capacity from the main centers uh, in, in uh, London, Paris, uh, Lisbon, Portugal, uh, to the west coast of Africa, and then with a uh, final connection here in uh, South Africa. Very good, very good. And uh, so, what what is it that you guys are planning on doing? Uh, you know, what, what's Moya going to do? For for Africa, I mean, you know, we'll get to the blockchain part part later. But you know, as a company, are you a company? Yes, we are. We're a company. We're registered here in South Africa. And uh, to your question about what we're going to do, uh, we aim to solve what we feel is is the biggest uh, uh, impediment to economic growth in Africa, and that is uh, limited internet access. And uh, when you do have the access, it's extremely expensive and it's very slow. Oh, you, you know what, bro? We didn't even lose what we had before. That's great. Uh, I mean, on the right, you know, just people listening heard it. But uh, the, the actual recording part is still intact uh, with what we were talking about earlier. So so we could continue from there. We're all okay. good. Okay. So, so, 
yeah, I, I was interested. Are you are you a company, an actual company out there that you know that deals with it? Is is Moya like the name of the company? Yes, we are a company. The name of the company is is uh, Moya Telcom. Uh, the subsidiary is Moya Networks, and that subsidiary focuses exclusively on uh, fiber networks, which includes submarine cable and uh, terrestrial land uh, fiber uh, networks. And and the reason that we we're in both those User slightly separate buildings out. is because we have to connect the ocean cable to the land cables to distribute it inland. All right, very good. Uh, so these extraterrestrial User cables. User your channel. This is House. Welcome, House. My co-host House, co House is, is on with us here. He keeps interrupting the show because he, he's got bad internet connection. Welcome, House. Hey, hey, hey. I'm just on the road, fellas. You're, ki you're killing me here, bro. You're killing me. <laughs> you're, you got to listen from CryptoCore Radio like everybody else. All right. So House, house will jump in anytime uh, if he has some questions. Uh, he's a, he is a co-host. Uh, we have many other co-hosts. Lori likes, you know, could come in anytime she wants. He started asking you questions. So I don't want I don't want you to feel any pressure, Carrie. There's no pressure, but random people are good can at any time ask you some random questions. We're happy to have them on board. So so you are a company uh, called Moya, and that's that's pretty cool. Uh, is this like on paper somewhere that people could find and see? I mean, just, you know, for people who want to invest and do their research. Yes, um, we registered uh, with the uh, government of South Africa. Uh, the company was formed here in South Africa uh, about uh, three, four years ago. We've been working on a number of different uh, different items to bring this uh, this project uh, to reality. So, yes, we are a real company. All right. And uh, so... So you're going to bring internet. Is that is that the basic idea? Is there anything more that you guys are going to do other than just bringing internet to people that don't have internet in Africa? Is there more to this project than that? Well, that's quite a challenge, and, and that's a big, big project. So that is, that's essentially it. But um, okay. people in other parts of the world who are very used to very fast fiber connections to their home and uh, 4G technologies to their phone, may have a slightly hard time understanding what's the big deal. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, here on the continent of Africa, all parts of it, uh, it's a real challenge to get uh, this uh, high-speed capacity um, to people's homes and also to their phones. So okay. to, to, to solve that challenge uh, is, is quite a project. And as I said before, we've been working on it for at least four years. So from a client point of view, right? Uh, is this going to be cheaper than what's already existing? And, uh, you know, how are they going to access your internet? Do they have to get a modem at their home base? Or, you know, is it a Wi-Fi thing that'll, you know, be available to a general area? You know, like here, you know, if you if you have service with uh, Verizon, you have access to the Verizon wireless all over the place through your cell phone. Or uh, if you have Cablevision or Optimum Online, uh, you know, you could access their Wi-Fi anywhere you go in certain neighborhoods. Well, what, what we're doing is that uh, we're working with existing Internet service providers and uh, even mobile operators as well. 
um, we we, uh, we can't uh, reinvent the wheel in terms of the structure of the telecommunications. What we can do is provide uh, this this access from the ocean cables deeper inland. And so to do that, um, we, we're building and and leasing fiber optic networks to get uh, to those customers. The the problem Africa has is that it has a lack of infrastructure, especially telecommunications infrastructure. So uh, rather than you know be the big monopoly company that does everything for everybody and and not necessarily do it well, we are working with some very innovative and, and sharp new companies that are using all the technologies you just talked about to bring access. So they're using mobile technologies, they're using 4G. You've got ISPs that are using WiMAX, uh, using uh, LTE and all the other buzzwords that you hear. Um, but there are a number of these companies that are, that are already out there and, and are really doing a great job in trying to bring the, the, uh, bring the capacity uh, you know, deeper uh, into some of the rural villages. We were even working with one company that, that has a, a, a mesh network so it can distribute uh, technology through a, through a rural area um, by using open uh, frequency and open spectrum. So what we're doing is we're putting the pieces together. Um, the way things are done typically is that you, since you have one monopoly company, that company tends to focus on the big cities and, and the big businesses. We're going after the medium businesses, smaller businesses, and uh, rural entrepreneurs to give them access to this capacity. Okay. Uh, so let's get to the bill. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. Now, you know, it's, it's going to be a helpful thing that you say you're going to do. Uh, how much is it going to cost down to the brass tax? If I'm a, I'm a normal person out there, how can you guarantee that your project won't cost any more than any other bigger projects or any less? Well, we, we have to, uh, we have to provide the product at a cheaper price than what is existing there. Otherwise there'd be no reason for existence. People wouldn't, wouldn't buy our product, but, uh, the people involved with Moya, uh, people who are extremely passionate about bringing, uh, internet um, into the suburban, but also into the rural areas um, of, of the various cities uh, on the continent. And as I said, specifically starting in South Africa. So th the amount of money cost to buy the raw capacity is quite substantial. It's in the tens of millions of US dollars. And uh, what we're, we're in the process of doing is, is raising funds so <clears throat> we can start playing in, in that game. Um, we're going to be using some some new uh, internet protocol technologies to be more efficient in distributing uh, the capacity, and that efficiency allows us to to sell it to the small and medium businesses in rural areas at a much uh, a cheaper price. Okay, so cheaper price—that's that's what I was getting at. It, you know, it's, it's going to be as long as it's going to be cheaper. I'm sure people will use it. Uh, now, the quality-wise, yes, also, um, also it has to be available. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the key issue again is that uh, there are many areas that just don't have any internet access, period, at any price. <laughs> so it needs to be cheaper and we're gonna do that, but it also needs to be available. Are you talking about the areas that have lions? <laughs> Close. At least, the, at least I'm familiar with some of the areas in South Africa that border the, uh, the national parks. Um, they've got uh, mobile internet access is very slow, but uh, we're, we're gonna be working with some companies there that will provide Wi-Fi. Um, and uh, we'll do Wi-Fi on a Metro basis, Metro Wi-Fi. 
so that people have access uh, to internet in those areas. All right, all right. Uh, so from so from what I got from you know the white paper and whatnot, uh, you're basically just using the blockchain to uh, to crowdfund uh, the idea, right? Yes, initially that's what uh, what we want to do. Um, you know, we got some very smart people on the team who are, are programmers and, and developers, and uh, we have lots of ideas for additional businesses that will use blockchain. So stay tuned for those announcements. Okay, yeah, and and I do. I I know one of your advisors, and you know he's he's got similar similar ideas on the horizon. Uh, so what is the benefit of holding a Moya token? I mean, why, why would people invest, especially ones that don't live in Africa? Okay, well, we, you know, first of all, uh, we have come up um, with a, a, a system that will give uh, the token holders access to 20% on a proportional share of the profits of Moya on a year-on-year -year basis. Um, we think this is going to be an incredibly profitable venture in addition to, to doing some good works in, uh, on the continent. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's not something that you have a lot of companies doing. It's at the, the organic base of internet on the continent. So we we're quite sure it's going to be profitable. So basically, it's 20% uh, sharing the profits on a year-on-year -year basis. Right. And over here, that's not allowed. Uh, that's that's uh, you know a security issue and uh, you know if you you noticed Bitrex has gotten rid of many coins because they're doing this they 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 don't allow dividends to be put out at least here in the United States uh, you know they 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 just don't like competition I guess IRS uh, cracks down and this type of stuff. Um, Darkris, I think, just recently got kicked off of Bitrex just because they were buying back their own coins. And, you know, giving dividends is definitely far worse than doing that. Uh, so they, they won't list you on the exchanges. So, you know, how do you plan to uh, mitigate this type of issue where, where you're going to get traded? Well, as you know, and as you correctly point out, um, you know, the situation with trading is, is quite fluid. Um, as I said before, we're a company based in South Africa. Um, we're fully compliant with South African laws and, and actually every other law on the, on the continent of Africa. Um, there are a few specific companies, uh, countries rather, that um, you know, do have uh, new regulation. Um, but, uh, you know, we have to raise funds for the continent of Africa. So, you know, we're, we're fully compliant with the laws. We're very confident we'll get a number of very uh, world-class exchanges that where the uh, token can be traded. Okay. Well, well I, have you ever considered decentralized type exchanges like uh, Komodo? Yes, we have. Um, you know, we, we've we've talked with a number of exchanges. I can't go into very great detail because all the exchanges want you to sign an NDA before you can begin discussions. But uh, we're, like I, what I can tell you is that we're confident that we'll find decentralized and centralized exchanges uh, in the world that will accept the Moya token for trading. Okay. Uh, so what what is what is your coin? Is it an Ethereum coin? Is it a Waves token? Is it a Komodo chain? Uh, you know, what, what what is it? What or is it just a token? You know, NXT asset? What what is it? It's a it's an Ethereum based token on the Ethereum blockchain. 
Nah, so it's an ERC twenty. It's an ERC twenty, correct? All right. Yeah, it's a, it's always you know it's the most popular at the moment. Uh, so how met, what's the supply going to be when it comes out? I mean, is it, how, what's the total supply of coins going to be? Because uh, you know these type of coins, unlike uh, traditional ones, where you know you have to mine the coins to a certain maturity uh, after multiple years, uh, these type of coins uh, are are brought to birth all at once. So uh, how many are you going to birth when when you know you create the, the coins? Is it you know, a hundred million, billion, what, what is it? Well, the, amount, the exact amount will depend on the success of the, of the ICO. But uh, we feel that about 20% of what, uh, what we would raise would be, uh, the, would be attached uh, to the Moya token, to the coins. So just a very rough figure, somewhere around 15 million uh, US dollars, kind of the target. So you don't know the the amount of coin yet that you're gonna you're gonna put out into the world. It's uh, like I said, it's it's based on uh, a percentage of the of the raise of the total raise um, that uh, we would get from the ICO. Well, you know that being said, I mean technically price wise, uh, you know the the number of coins don't really make a difference. Uh, I was just curious to know what what it was. Uh, you know, if even if it's ten thousand and it's worth fifteen thousand, you know the the coins can be split incrementally to really small amounts. You know, point zero 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 twenty satoshi. You know, so it it they could be broken down by a considerable amount. So meaning, uh, you know, ten thousand is really no different than a hundred thousand or a million. Uh, you know, the, the price will reflect it in different ways. It'll either be a hundred coins for a thousand dollars or a thousand coins for a thousand dollars. You see, so the amount you create is re really has no bearing on the price. Yeah, and, and, and in addition, we're not going to be creating any more uh, Moya token after the, the ICO is completed. So there will be a limited supply. So it's not going to depreciate post the ICO. I hope that I'll call, call you the Federal Reserve of Africa if you do that. Okay. Stop printing your own money. All right. So, um, do you have any product that you could show people? Any type of MVP that uh, you know you could show people? Um, what what uh, what the community is welcome to do is to uh, just research the Africa Coast to Europe submarine cable system. Uh, they have a website, and uh, you can get an idea of the technology they're using and uh, the basic timelines for completing the cable. Um, we're not uh, we're not inventing something new. As a matter of fact, um, uh, submarine cables are about 100 years old. They used to be very old technology using copper in the sea, which didn't work very well. Um, but, uh, you know, they're welcome to look at the, uh, the underlying product on the, by doing some research on the Internet. And going right. to our website, we've got some information there as well. Okay. Um, I just asked the questions. Yeah. It's uh, all up to you how you answer them. I don't, uh, you know, I'm very neutral. So, uh, transparency, how do you plan on going about your ICO here or your crowdfunding? Because, you know, 
it's that's what it is. It's a crowdfund. Uh, how do you plan? And it's nice that you're using the blockchain to to do this. You know, it's a you know you could have done it at any other crowdfunding website, but using the blockchain is really cool. We all love the blockchain. Uh, so how do you how do you plan on you know tackling transparency uh, with the funds? You know, because if people invest, they want to make sure that you know no one's going to run away with their funds. Just to be blunt about it. Sure. Um, <clears throat> these days are uh, that that's that's a very valid concern. Uh, one of the things that we've done is that uh, you know the company is formed in South Africa and we are regulated. We're regulated by different uh, aspects of, of the South African government. Uh, we have licenses, etc. So um, we will be providing access to our books, basically to our operating um, information, including all the financials. Uh, to uh, holders of the token on a year-on-year -year basis. So they're, they're welcome to ask at the end of the year to see our books, um, to see that, you know, what, uh, how, we're using the, how we're using the money, how we're using the funds. Okay. Um, is this an escrow service? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Will you be using an escrow service? Yes. Um, we're going to be using uh, two uh, escrow agents, they're really not they're agents in the technical sense, but they're the people with uh, good reputations uh, in the in the community, and we will be announcing uh, all those details um, in about a week, uh, because we've spent time to make sure that the people that are going to be working as escrow agents have a very solid reputation, and are, are going to protect uh, the community as well as protecting the business. Okay. Very good, very good. Uh, smart contracts is also another option, right? Well, the, the token is based on a smart contract. Um, and the, the funds, uh, the, the profits um, will be put uh, into the smart contract system. And so you know, the, uh, the profit and the generation of profit will be paid in Bitcoin and Ethereum and will be done on using the, uh, the, the blockchain. Cool. Okay. If you, if you need an escrow person, uh, there's somebody called Dabs D A B S that does has been doing escrow for a long time for many many uh, ICOs, and uh, she is one of the admins I think on BitcoinTalk.com.org, whatever it is. Bitcoin Talk. Everyone knows Bitcoin Talk. Uh, you could always contact Dabs D A B S. Uh, has been doing escrow services for a long time. Um. Knowledge and skills. Yes, uh, I've been in the business for about 25 years. I've worked in the, in the U.S. I've worked in West Africa, Nigeria, and I've worked in East Africa, in Uganda, um, working in the telecommunications space. Uh, we've got other members on the team like Jason and Len who've been in the business uh, in Africa, in telecommunications business in Africa for at least uh, 20 years. So we have a lot of experience, not only in the, the basic international telecommunication space, but we, we feel that we have uh, really good experience in implementing projects in Africa. Uh, th that's, uh, that's a good skill to have because there's some very unique challenges uh, on the continent. Um, we've, we've got other people in the team who've uh, worked on, on uh, submarine cables uh, in, in terms of the technical space. So they understand the technical requirements of connecting those cables uh, to the uh, the landline cables. 
we've also got uh, some some advisors um, who have been in the cable much longer than we have in the cable business for not long, longer than we have uh, 30 40 years so they understood it uh, um, from the very the very beginning um, when the cables became fiber optic okay very cool uh, so uh, who are these advisors can you mention any names here Yes, uh, we've got Dr. Victor Lawrence. Uh, Dr. Victor Lawrence is a very experienced submarine cable professional. Uh, he worked for AT&T Bell Labs, um, based uh, in the U.S., and uh, he worked on cables, some of the first cables that went across the Atlantic from New York to London, Paris, and, and, and also uh, from the west coast of the U.S. to Japan. So he's familiar with uh, how cables uh, are, are implemented, how they're built, how they're funded, uh, what are the issues that uh, have to be addressed to connect them to the various countries. And also we, uh, on, on the team is uh, Jason Berry. Jason, South African, uh, born and bred. Uh, he's worked on many businesses in telecommunications. Um, he was the founder of one of the first major ISPs on the continent, uh, a company that's now been acquired by MTN, uh, which is South Africa's largest mobile operator. Um, so he, he has good, really good understanding of how to get things done on the continent. As I, as I was saying before, that uh, it, you know, doing business in Africa and especially a technical business is quite, uh, quite challenging. So th those are some of the, some of the people. Um, one of the person I'd, I'd mention would be um, uh, Leonard. Um, Leonard is one of the world's first um, foremost experts in, in terms of uh, writing uh, code for uh, token. And so he understands crypto very, very well. He's been a very, very good advisor to us on the, and on, on the project. Uh, he's been very helpful in bringing his expertise. And again, bringing that unique angle of the African experience on top of good, solid technical experience. I had the Afri I, I had an African experience when I was younger. And what was that? You know what I'm talking about. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was that? She 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 stopped at the bus stop with me, you know, and then one day I brought her inside the house, you know, and you know I had my first African experience. Oh, okay, okay. But we're, we're talking oh, about yes. stuff here. Man. Why, why you got to be so serious all the time? <laughs> okay. Why don't you tell me about your first experience? I, I, I don't want Lori to beat you up, man, so we got to clean it up, you know? <laughs> Lori loves this. Are you kidding me? She she lives for this type of gossip. She's going to go around now telling telling people about my first experience. All right, so uh, you, you have you have some good stuff out there, you know? Uh, you sound like a handsome man. Um... Niche community participation. So, you, do you have a community? Do you have a community? You know, and it, I, I'm just. You, you need to understand that. I just asked the questions that are pertinent uh, from an from a, an investor's point of view, so that you know people who want to invest in this have an idea of what it's about, what what it has, what it's going to do. You know, etc. etc. So. Uh, Another question that a lot of uh, VCs have and, you know, another variable why they would invest in you uh, is community and participation. They like to see projects that have built a huge community. Like when they 
when they have a Slack with seven thousand people, that looks really awesome. Uh, do you have do you have any communities? Yes, uh, we we have a community, um, and we're building we're building on that community to add to it. Um, in Nigeria, for example, we've got uh, a number of uh, I would call fairly young, very smart uh, professionals who are very excited about what we're doing. Um, we recently held a meetup in Lagos that was very successful and well attended. And, uh, you know, we've got people, you know, sending us questions every day and encouraging us to, uh, to get this product out there because they, they're on the, on the cold face of what's going on. They understand that uh, their internet is very slow and very expensive and they really want uh, to see us uh, succeed. We're also going to be doing a meetup in Ghana, uh, another country near Ni Nigeria. Um, and then we'll be doing uh, additional meetups around the, the continent to, to further build the community. But uh, our community are the people who have very expensive and bad internet. And they're very, very excited about, uh, about the project. I got that problem right here in New York City. Do you? Well, we'll come there too. It's freaking expensive, dude. You know, a hundred dollars a month, eighty, eighty to hundred, and it goes up. You know, for the better ones, you know, it's two hundred, three hundred dollars. But at least you have it, and it's it's reliable. All right, now, wait, 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 wait. It's not reliable, and it's even more expensive than a hundred U.S. dollars. Hey, we're, we're we're just talking about me right now, right? Okay. Why you gotta get all selfish? <laughs> so. So you you have knowledge you have a team you have knowledge can your team members LinkedIn accounts be uh, found anywhere or is it on the website? It it is on the website. Uh, please uh, encourage people to go and take a look. Um, I'm very proud of the team that we have. I mean, I think um, I think they got some incredible experience, but they're also very cool people. They um they want to solve a real problem, and they're very passionate about doing that. Yep, uh, you know, there's a lot of kids out there that need that internet. You know, especially in Africa. I mean, I don't know what I would do without my internet. I mean, I get, I get also, I do my research, right? I mean, the amount of research I get done on the internet, I, I couldn't live without it. You know, not to mention porn and stuff like that. But, you know, could, there yeah, could we, be a lot we of. We encourage our, our customers, our ultimate customers, to to use the internet. Um, you know, and and uh, we want to get it to them. Their basic problem is not what they watch or, or what they access. It's just having access. Let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of happy teenagers out there once you get them internet. For sure. As I was saying, uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter are quite popular platforms, especially. <laughs> so, uh, so, so uh, who are your competitors? Do you know? Who, who are your competitors in the areas you're going to work with? Like over here, the competitors are Verizon, uh, you know, Optimum Online, uh, Time Warner. Who, who are your competitors over there in Africa? Well, the competitors are largely uh, governments who own um, capacity on some of the some of the cables, and they usually have um, what's called uh, what I would call a monopoly uh, telephone company, kind of like AT and T in the old days in the U.S. You know, before it was broken up. Um, so th those are those are largely our competitors. I mean, there's, there's one or two um, independent uh, cable operators out there, so the, the, there are a few. Um, but this is a space that um, is exploding in terms of the, the requirements and, and, and people's need for internet capacity. So there's, 
there's lots of room for uh, new entrants because, as you know, I mean, capacity is something that uh, you can never have enough of. Okay. Uh, so you could earn you could earn dividends holding Moya coin from the profits that you plan to earn in how long? Uh, what do you think? How long do you think this project will will take? You know, will will people be sitting around holding this coin for five, ten years? Well, first, I got to tell you that, um, you know, the typical submarine cable uh, is built to last 25 years. But we feel that uh, we will be profitable within the first year. Um, and the reason we say that is because, again, this is not a business where there are a lot of uh, a lot of competitors and the requirement is so great that uh, all we have to do is get it right get it distributed inland, get the capacity distributed inland. And you know we're fairly confident we'll we'll be profitable. I mean, to show your investors that you're working, will will you be putting like a camera on your shoulder while working so that they could see what's going on? Uh, not on my shoulder, but we're certainly going to uh, show uh, investors and and the world uh, what we're doing. Um, you know, we'll have information on the cable as it's being pulled and being connected uh, to the landline cables. And uh, we, you know, we fully expect to, uh, you know, start passing capacity inland uh, in about the, the first, second quarter of next year, 2018. But uh, we, we intend to be very, very transparent. Uh, you know, we, we are a, a business that's operational and regulated as well. Um, the regulated side comes from the fact that we're in telecommunications in southern Africa. And so we have, um, we have reports that we have to file with the regulator. And uh, the regulator has some very strict and stringent rules um, in, in terms of our operation. We, we can't just go and dig up somebody's backyard and lay a fiber cable there. Um, you know, we have to comply with some very strict rules. You might find some bodies if you do that. Say again? You might find some bodies if you did that around here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, for real. I'm not even joking. There's a big, big mafioso area over here. But it's, oh, in New York? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we're not digging in New York, huh? Well, there's only so much land over here in New York. It's like, you know, you're lucky if you got a backyard. So, you know, if there's any place to dig a body, you know, it's good. It's already there. I mean, at this point, when people are digging bodies, they're putting them on top of other bodies that were already there. Well, I'll tell you, we're, we're, we're never going to come to uh, New York then. Forget it. Hey, it's it's population control. You know, government does it one way, mafia does it a different way. Okay. Now, Bill Gates, Bill Gates likes that kind of stuff. So, how are you on the on on that front? I mean, have have you have you looked at this whole Bitcoin gold thing? What's your opinion on this whole forking action? Uh, you know, BTC at this point is flying up, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're watching it go to 4,800 and it might hit 50. Uh, it might hit 5,000 eventually. Do you well, follow like crypto? Else, uh, people, you know, people always try and look for new, what they consider to be a development. And so, you know, we've had one fork already. It looks like we may have another one coming on soon. Um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. It keeps everybody on their toes. But um, at some point, um, you know, we got to stabilize the coin. And keep moving forward. I mean, I, I I'm not sure we need another fork because uh, you know there there are a lot of altcoin out there 
that that basically serves the same purpose of giving options. I'll give I'll give you my personal opinion, and I know Roger Ver he's going to be extremely upset about this, but I think putting out another shitcoin is garbage. Now everyone, of course, is jumping into Bitcoin because they want their free coin, right? But but you know we had BCC that just forked and did the same thing, right? So. Uh, that's now worth what 0.07 Bitcoin, 0.08 Bitcoin, right? It, it's not even close to real value of Bitcoin. So forget the idea of it taking Bitcoin's place because that'll never happen. It's the redheaded stepchild of Bitcoin at this point in time, uh, and you know it's it's just a, an annoyance. Uh, I don't care how well it works. Uh, it's not it's not taking over Bitcoin. There's too many uh, grassrooted Bitcoin believers that'll never move away from bitcoin so anything anything that's changed or changes will have to be done directly to bitcoin uh with these forks uh every time it forks uh you're diluting uh every you know the market uh bitcoin's market so so you know this is what's gonna happen all right everyone's going into bitcoin because they want their free coin right but they're gonna be disappointed because it's if if BCC was worth only point ten of a, you know of you know a ten percent of a real Bitcoin right the next one's going to be even less and the one after that is going to be even even lesser than that that one you see so it's just going to decrease continuously every time they keep pulling this off now there is a website uh, for this Bit Gold right uh, something GPU CPU Jeeps somebody with btcgpu.com uh and if you go back into the way back machine uh you'll see that there was some type of ico that they, they were attempting to do uh apparently you can't cover up you know your website's history so there's some there's some really strange stuff going on over there and i i just really don't like what i'm seeing uh and i think it's just an excuse for people to to dilute bitcoin's pro- value i mean it's it's ridiculous now well, now we, if we, we like uh, you know we like ethereum but we also like uh btc bitcoin um <clears throat> you know this is new stuff as you know and uh, you got to have people who have different ideas and want to try different things and you know we, we're not we, we're not against that we we feel though it's uh using btc and ethereum is a really good way to um to get our business going um, in a part of the world that, that needs our product. And uh, we feel it's a, it's a really cool and, and good way to, uh, to raise the funds uh, to do that. And, you know, that's the ability to do ICOs is really one of the promises of, of um, you know, crypto uh, and, and, and uh, blockchain technology. So, well, all you know, I'm we, saying, we got our heads down. We, we, we're not too worried about who's splitting what and all of that, the other stuff. You know, we, we're just going to focus on, on getting our, our cable. Yeah, well, you know, you got to look at it from an investor's point of view. Uh, you know, how, what what's the percentage of Moya that you you plan on distributing, and what's the the you know where's the rest of it going to go? The rest of it, uh, well, with twenty percent is, is kind of what we we're, we're going to be uh, distributing. Um, That's it. Just you're you know, going to keep eighty percent. Do it twenty. Well, twenty percent. You know, will we'll go to the expenses. Eighty uh, percent is going to be distributed. Um, the overall uh, function of the business is to be profitable. 
you know, to make sure that uh, our investors get, uh, you know, get, get some returns on, on their investment. That's, uh, that's our sole focus. Okay, so all the business that goes down out there, will that be recorded on the ledger, on the blockchain, so that people could see what, where, you know, where the revenue is coming from and calculate, you know, the, the income themselves so that they could, you know, they could see basically all the books and what's going yes, on? Yes, indeed. They will be able, that, that's, that's the point I was making earlier. They will have access to the books and so they will see the revenues and the expenses. Everything will be fully transparent which we think is something a little bit unique um, at the moment. Well, it's, you know, I would trust, I, you know, we, we get, we have all these stocks out there, right, in the Forex, and, you know, we really don't know what's going on in their books, right? They could be, most of them cook the books. But, uh, you know, if, if there is a company out there that's 100% transparent on the blockchain, that is revolutionary. That is, so, that is something that many investors can get behind. Uh, so if you could do something like that, then I could understand, uh, you know, keeping a, you know, a, a, a larger amount because, you know, it's everything's honest, John. So, you know, if you if people could calculate your income on their own uh, through watching the debits and credits columns right on the on the blockchain, uh, then. You know, it's it. There won't be any lying. They, they'll see where where the coins are. You know, how many are getting distributed, uh, when the dividends go out. So, yeah, that that's great, man. That's good stuff. I really like that. Uh, that's that is what all companies should should strive to do. I mean, even if you're a little bakery in Queens, you should strive to to make yourselves transparent. I mean, not here in the United States, because you know they they're gonna. IRS would like that a little too much, so you definitely got to hide your money over here. But over there in Africa, it's probably a really good thing. Yeah, we're based in South Africa, and uh, South Africa um, has a very well-developed financial system, and um, you know follows international best practices in terms of recording uh, company operations. So we're required to do that. As I said, we we are a regulated company. We're required to do that. So in terms of our fundraising, there's no reason for us not to be continue to be. Uh, be fully transparent very cool what's the name of your website moyanetworks.com is there any dashes networks.com okay very cool moyanetworks.com fellas uh so yo and any twitter any email if people want to you know like invest uh you know is that the ICO? account facebook and we also have linkedin accounts all right very cool uh, what's the, what's the, you know, when's the, when's, when and what is the ICO? I mean, when is it going to start? Is it started already? When's it going to end? Is, was there a, uh, you know, a pre ICO? Like, you know, it's pretty common lately. Yeah, well, it's going to start November one. We'll run for a month to about December one. <clears throat> um, we are going to do a pre ICO and, uh, Uniquely, we're going to do a pre-ICO uh, in Ghana coming up uh, next week. As I indicated before, we've got a, a very active uh, community who's very excited about this. And what they've been saying to us is, uh, how do they participate um, in Moya? So we're going to give them the opportunity to uh, to participate in, in terms of the, the pre-ICO. All right. And what, what's the benefit of you know getting in on the pre-ICO? Because there's a lot of circles out there that, uh, you know, love to get into these things early 
And we're giving uh, we're giving them a discount on on the token of about forty percent, uh, but that's uh, that's just to incent them to continue to support us. Holy macaroni, forty percent! Don't you think? Yeah, that's this, a little, is, uh, that's this a... is very targeted um, to the people who are going to benefit uh, from the services, and they've been very they've been tremendous in terms of giving us leads um, on on where the capacity needs to go. Um, you know, we, we, there's not a, there's not a very large community of people. So it's not, you know, there's going to be lots of tokens left over. So there's no worry there, but, uh, you know, we just, we, we just appreciate the help that we're getting from the community. So I wanted to offer that to them. Wow. I mean, I, I personally think that's a bit much 40%. I mean, what, what's to stop people from dumping as soon as it comes out on the market? You know, of course they're going to want to get their 40% profit. Well, the, I, I don't think uh, this community are into dumping. Um, they're basically uh, <laughs> true believers who want to get the, the company going, want to get the business started. Is there anything to hold them to that? Because, you know, money's money, man. You know, when, when people see a million dollars on the table, they're running away, bro. Well, to dump, you have to have a substantial amount of token <clears throat> for it to be effective. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. You probably lose. And, uh, you know, again, this is a very small subset of, of a group of people right. who are supporting the project at the beginning. Right. Well, when it comes down to it, it still always needs to be liquidity of some type. And that's very rare in a lot of coins. Uh, so, all right. Uh, how, do, how do people uh, pay for it? Is it going to be, you know, they got to give you Ethereum or, you know, is it going to be, what what is the cash register going to accept bitcoin we, we accept ethereum. bitcoin and ethereum both ah okay all right that's very cool very cool okay so everybody out there if you want to get on on this you probably want to get in on the pre-ico is there a, a max or a minimum there's that people need to uh get in on this pre-ico we've we've not set a maximum uh that they can invest uh again because of the the people who are we're targeting um, but, uh, you know, basically it's, uh, one ether is the minimum investment and that's the substantial amount of money for that, for that group. Oh, that's not much at all. Not much to you and possibly me, but, uh, <laughs> to, to the, this target, <clears throat> this target group, um, as I said, in Ghana with some young professionals, that that's a lot of money, brother, a lot of money. Well, in Africa, one Bitcoin's like $8,000, right? A whole different story. Uh, in, in some countries, you've got some unique markets, but but typically it's you know it's market price, which is uh, what forty eight hundred this morning, somewhere around there. Yeah, we're a little low for seven forty four, but that's definitely not low. I mean, we could yeah. do two hundred and fifty yeah, in an hour. Ballpark of what's going on recently, yeah. All right, yeah, very cool. All right, man. Well, I I wish you the best of luck. I I hope I've uh, I've tackled this on every angle to answer any investors' questions. Okay. Um. We could also do an AMA uh, when, when you're ready so we could get the community's participation and, you know, investor, actual investors coming on and expressing concerns. Uh, I, I think I really got everything. Uh, can you think of anything that people, you want investors to know about your coin, your token and your project? Anything else I, I've missed out maybe? No, I think I think we had a good discussion uh, doing that. What I would say is that uh, we were really excited about, um, you know, bringing uh, this internet uh, deeper 
into the continent. And this has been a really exciting project for all of us on the team. And uh, we're looking forward to a successful ICO. All right, all right. What's considered successful to you? Enough funds uh, so we can buy the minimum levels of capacity. So, you know, we're, we're looking, you know, somewhere around, we're, we're basically going at 6,000 BTC. Um, you know, we, we would like to get somewhere about uh, 3,000 BTC at a minimum um, because it is an expensive business, but uh, we think it's a very worthwhile business. All right. And, and this is only going to last for one month, right? That's right. One month, starting November one. Uh, what what made you you know come come up with just you know doing it for a month? Well, we we've we've asked around to people who've done this before, and and the month seems to be the sweet spot. You don't want to be around for for too long, and you want to you want to be along around long enough so that people can learn about the project and you know invest. All right. Well, you know, to each his own opinion, right? Me personally, I believe it should last as long as possible. Uh, I would appreciate an ICO out there that has a long-term project like yours. You know, it's it's not going to come to fruition the next day right after the ICO. Even though there are some products out there with ICOs that you know that are that do have a product ready to to launch as soon as you know they're ready. Uh, but typically, you know, any any of these a lot of these projects it takes a year, sometimes two years, right? Uh, before anything comes to fruition, you know, and that's why you're getting in on the initial community offering. Uh, you know, so why not let it last a year or two years? Uh, you know, well, every we've got, uh, we've got ships in the ocean bringing the cable as we speak. Every so every quite month, a of, uh, quite a bit of urgency to to get this thing going. I mean, usually, uh, you know, when, with these projects, they last many, many, many years, and this one has lasted. It's been being built for a number of years, but. Uh, in terms of, of landing at the endpoint in South Africa, uh, that's just months away. So this is not a long-term thing. This is something that uh, you know we want to we want to get off the ground. Okay. No, I, I'm just uh, different types of ICOs out there. I'm just I, I I'm just saying I personally like to see an ICO that lasts long, uh, one that that incrementally raises the price every month, uh, building trust along the way. Uh, it's you know it's uh you know and if. By by the time you get to the last months, it's going to be you know, two. You're not going to get the bonuses that you've you know the pre from the previous months, and you'll see that the project is actually being worked on, and you could you you've you've developed more trust, and you know people could invest more with confidence, even if it is not as much as the previous month. You see, so they you know it just it's just a, a trust building system. But you know all that aside, I'm going on a rant. Uh, you know, I, I typically do that, uh, but you know, everyone's got their each their own opinions. I, uh, I I actually heard that from Token Summit when I went to Token Summit here in New York City, and it was uh, it was really fascinating. Uh, it was it was an all day event. It was really awesome, and I can't wait to go again. Uh, all right. So, uh, anything else you want to drop on uh on the listeners? No, I just uh, thank everybody for for listening in and. Um... You know, we again we're looking forward to a successful ICO, and um, but most importantly, we're looking forward to getting our services out there in the market. All right, very cool, great job, Carrie. I I, I wish you the best of luck, and uh, everybody out there. Disclaimer: uh, You know, we're in no way associated with the project, and we you know we're not. Everybody must do their own due diligence before investing. Please do not take this as investing advice. Uh, 
you, you listen, you, you note the facts, and you know you make your own decisions out there. All right, and uh, this is Lutz coming to you live from CryptoCoreRadio.com. And I'm happy that everybody joined us today. Uh, we have about 81 people listening, which is not much, you know, because we didn't really announce the show. But uh, I appreciate everybody listening live. And I love you all. And this is Lutz signing out. New technologies are advancing at a rapid pace. The way we communicate and do business is changing. New models of payment systems, commercial activity, and even the way we keep track of things, like of complex supply chains, are emerging. It can be overwhelming looking for a modern solution. This is where the core group enters the stage. Core group are communications and public relations specialists, covering the latest in the crypto and blockchain industry advancement. They provide services such as press release campaigns, article writing, radio interviews, and their own monthly crypto magazine publication and daily crypto news portal, plus a whole lot more. Being one of the fastest growing crypto media organizations in the ecosystem, they are set to make a splash in this new technological area. Want to find out more about your favorite blockchain solution, ICO, or just want to stay up to date with the blockchain ecology? Visit their website to learn more at coregroup.info.